It has been a long time since we've done a podcast. And our numbers have dwindled. But we are back with another episode of Too Few Men. A few good men. Yeah. Two two good men. Um it's it's Eric Johnson and John Gallia. And that's it. It's just the two of us. Oh, listen, man. These things happen. And uh, yeah, let's get the show on the road. We, we had a we had a lot of news we missed, man. We've been well, gone. The whole podcast has been well, gone for. We should probably explain our absence. We each had different reasons for for being absent last week. Um, you know, jobs get in the way. I got sick. It was just it wasn't a, wasn't a great week for us. No, and it turned out to be it turned out to be the one week that like everything happened. <laughs> So let's start before we get to the NFL and before we get to the NBA, because when John and I do the podcast, NBA gets we're, gets uh, heavily featured. Oh, of um, course. We got to talk World Series here. Yeah, and it, I mean, it brings us great displeasure to do so, but I guess we have to. Uh, do we, though? Because the Yankees aren't in it. OK, well, listen, that we'll, was we'll take what we can get. Let's take our victory lap while we can yeah. without having to get any pushback with that with Trish and uh, Tony on. That felt good. That felt good to see. Listen, I, I had the Astros winning. I think we all had the Astros winning. I didn't think they were getting swept. I think they were, no. they were sweeping the Yankees. That was domination. That, like, I mean, that, I mean, it was really game three. That was just such a freaking dagger, man. 5-0 yeah. at your home field, you know, at Yankee Stadium. Just, uh, boy, then game four was an omen for a battle from the beginning with the, with the, you saw what happened at the concession stand with the gas line? No, what happened? Oh, you didn't see a gas line literally broke in, like, the concession stand, and they had to evacuate, like, the workers out of that stand or whatever. And... I don't know, just an omen, you know. Of course, something like that happens. It's like FedEx Field over there, you know, or something. Say, it's like Oakland. It's like Oakland uh, Coliseum. Oh yeah. <laughs> God, it's the thing was this: the Yankees had their chances. It's not like they didn't have the lead at all because they had the lead in uh, some of these games, at least two of them. And it seemed yeah, like Harrison Bader was really the only one that was caring. You know, I don't want to sound harsh or anything like that, but you know, when you get that performance from your 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 stars, it's it's not going to win you these games. I'll tell you this: what I saw out of Aaron Judge this series, no matter how good of a regular season he had, it's exactly why I do not want the Mets shelling out insane amount of money to get him over the Yankees. You know. I'm- I don't- I don't know what happens with Aaron Judge. I don't know if he stays. I don't know if he goes. 50-50 for me. And before before I get the comments, oh, what about DeGrom? I think it's 50-50 for DeGrom too. So it, it's yeah. full, it, it goes both sides here. Uh, but getting swept is, is a tough look. And they just announced today that uh, Hal Steinbrenner does plan on bringing back Aaron Boone for another year as manager. Okay. And- we'll see. Uh- I mean, yeah, like uh, I, I know Tony said something. Like, yeah, his rotations in the in that the last series against the Astros are obviously were questionable, especially in Game Three. What is decision? Three was very take out Cole. But at I mean, 
I see it. I see. I, I I see the reason why they kept him. I mean, he you did just win a hundred. But I mean, how many years in a row can they have this play like a, like a team that's supposedly built for the World Series, and then time after time again, their guys just don't show up. Good, good question. Because if you look at their West Coast brethren in the Dodgers, I am asking the exact same thing. Yeah, so, that's. I mean, how many games did they win? One hundred fourteen this year. One hundred and eleven games. As good as the as good as the Mets and Braves were, they won ten more games. The Braves, Dodgers, and Mets all leave with one postseason victory. Crazy to me, man. It really is. I like. I I really thought that the Padres, after doing that, I thought they had I, I thought they had it in them to beat the Phillies, but the Phillies, man, just. Uh, are probably the hottest. What are they? The hottest team in baseball right now? You think? Well, the Astros haven't lost a postseason game. They haven't even lost a game. I haven't watched them that close. Swept, are you serious? Swept the Mariners. Swept the Yankees. Jeez, that's and crazy. If if they sweep the Phillies, I believe they're the first team to go through an entire postseason undefeated. So, like, I'm sure. Like, I wish I could have Zach's perspective on this too. But let me ask you. For yeah. me, I'm kind of like that meme of the guy from Star Trek, hover, like with his sweating, with his hand over his forehead, like trying to pick which button. I don't know who to root for for this World Series, so, man. I really I, don't. I mean, I, I obviously, say- the Phillies are the Phillies, and so I hate the Phillies. But the Astros, I mean, bro, I mean, we're the too many. We held a, we held the banner. It's we like held, it's always held, cheat day in we, Houston. We did. We we held the banner, you know. And the thing is this, right? If you ask me, who am I rooting for? I will say this. I love this World Series. You got the plucky underdog versus the dominant favorite. Happens every now and again in sports. But for people who don't know, my favorite hitter in baseball is JT Real Muto, and my favorite pitcher is Aaron Nola. Potentially be Nola's final series in Philadelphia. But, you know, so, and then plus, I got a lot of friends who are Phillies fans. So there's a part of me that's like, I do like, there's a part of me that wants to see them win, especially knowing how close, you know, I, I went to school near Philadelphia, how crazy I would be. But at the same time with the Astros, we did hold the banner. But the thing is this, right? We held that banner and it was kind of done. Like that was our, our viewpoint towards the Astros. The thing with Houston is this, and I'm not going to try and do a 180 here, but how many people from that 2017 team are still on the roster? Altuve, kind of Verlander towards the second half. It didn't it didn't affect the pitchers though. So it's yeah, really just Altuve, Bregman and Guriel. That's really it. So there's so much roster turnover at the Astros where I'm kind of like the whole sign stealing scandal is kind of passe at this point. I'm inclined to agree with you honestly with that because I mean at a certain point there has been a certain there has been that high degree of roster turnover. And to be honest, I mean, this is a little bit fucking rude to Yankee fans, but I mean, I, they didn't cheat against me. So, it, I, I mean, I don't I don't have that personal grudge element to it. So, <laughs> John Galliano, was, slightest, it didn't happen to me. So, listen, yeah. John Galliano. <laughs> no, listen, I'm not going to go out here saying it's just a pizza meadow out here or anything like that. Okay. Like, okay, man, for it, but come on. I don't, I mean, I'd rather have the Astros win. I think I'm, I'm going to say that. I'm, I want the Astros to win over the Phillies. 
shocker that he picks the Astros over the division rival. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, all of baseball, I feel like he's the Astros more. Let I feel ask, like if you... let, me ask, let me ask you this, John. This is this is going to make your answer very easy. Do you want Noah Syndergaard to get a ring? Fuck no. So like, yeah, are you there? Okay, there. <laughs> There's your answer. It, Definitely, it, it, it pained me because I'm seeing Wheeler and Syndergaard back to back. I'm like. You are you you for real right now? <laughs> yeah, honestly, that was the first name that I think of when I'm like when I have when I just think of like the Phillies hatred and also just you know like the regret. I mean, bro, why didn't we just keep him? <laughs> oh, Cindergard? No, no, Wheeler. Bro. Oh, Wheeler. Well, because yeah. was, here's the thing, Wheeler, Wheeler was getting offered five years, one hundred forty-five million dollars from the Phillies. 27 mil a year i think it was it was either 27 or 29 i can't remember the exact amount but yeah at the at that time he was just coming off two straight years where he didn't pitch a single game so i was like yeah of course you're gonna let him walk for 27 million dollars over five years of course you're not re-signing him to that yeah injury concerns that was obviously a big thing but then you just look at the way he's played and obviously hindsight's 2020 yeah of course but you just can't help but think that's what we'd be like you know, yeah. the, the other thing is this, right? Your rotation would have been DeGrom, Scherzer. You still would have signed Scherzer, nonetheless. Wheeler. I mean, it would have, you would have been the top of the NL. But, again, who would have known what would happen if if he stayed in Queens? Um, you know, no harsh feelings towards Wheeler. But the thing with Syndergaard was, like, he was making comments about the Mets that he didn't need to make. Yeah. There is definitely bad blood with me and with 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 the Syndergaard, and that's also why I have this resentment towards the Phillies, especially this year. But even that aside, just you know, these division ties, you know, these they they go thick. You know, there's a lot of history in this. You know, and so the fact that they've already won a World Series in the last what almost well eleven years ago now, right? Twenty eleven, they won. They won the World Series in two thousand eight. They lost me oh. the playoffs in twenty eleven. Oh, okay. So, but no, they still won a playoff a, a series in the century. You know, I mean, not well, a lot of teams, not they, every team can say that. Yeah, they, they last won a playoff series in 2010, lost to the Giants in the NLCS. Even what? That's actually crazy. I didn't realize their playoff struggles went back that far, though. Yeah, yeah. It's been rough times in Philadelphia, and all of a sudden, here you go. Now they're they're in the World Series and four games away from potentially their third World Championship in team history. How many would it be for the Astros? Second. They only won in 2017. And there's oh, also look. there's also for the Astros the Dusty Baker factor, too, I think. Dusty Baker has won the most games as an MLB manager without winning the World Series. To see oh, him get so, one would be nice. Yeah, I mean, listen, you got to – it's always good to see those guys, like the guys who never been able to get over that one final hump, you know finally get one i mean he's obviously it's had a long storied career so it'd be great to finally see someone like him get one speaking of legendary managers do you see who the texas rangers hired i did not bruce Bochy. really they got him out of retirement he's, yeah how, how many years did they get did they give him like the gruden or like uh, how many well, years did they give him? there's no real length on on mlb managers oh, okay gotcha, so gotcha. it's not really like a year by year contract but if you like fun, because I know I know you like fun here, the uh, Chicago White Sox, after firing, air quote, firing Tony La Russa, he was going to step away due to a medical emergency anyway. 
but um, they're interviewing Ozzie Guillen. Oh, really? And where is he coming from, Ozzie? He was their old manager years ago. Oh, geez. So they're just doing the they're just recycling guys. Yeah, point. when they when they won the World Series in two thousand five, I would like to see Ozzie Guillen, but um, you know who knows what's going on in Chicago. But yeah, there's your little mini mini baseball uh, mini baseball run. Uh, the NBA is back, and we are happy. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, unless you're a Laker fan, unless you're a Laker fan, then you are very sad. But so, you know, yeah, Ru- Russ is getting held out tonight due to hamstring concerns. Um, he's got to get out of it. He has to. It's it, Charles Barkley on opening night put it so well. You know, he just he looks miserable out there. Like LeBron and AD are just running around putting up numbers. That whole roster is just so terribly constructed, and Russ doesn't even play with energy anymore. I'm not sure if that's because of age or if he's just that miserable in LA now. I saw but... a, I saw AD's comments after the loss, and he, you know, he needs to take some ownership. He needs to take some responsibility uh, of this whole thing. The quote was along the lines of, "I don't want to get too low or too high." What do you mean by that? I don't know. I don't know. But what? have the, the Lakers haven't won a game yet, right? Uh, I I have to double check on that, but I believe so. I think they're zero and three. I mean, you're listen. Yeah, they're zero and three. They're zero and three, playing Denver in about an hour and a half. So likely that it could be that could be an zero and four. I mean, I know Michael Porter Jr. is not playing tonight though for Denver, so. It's, a little bit of a blow. It's, it's rough times in it's rough times for Laker Nation. Um, it's just I don't know because they can't shoot from three. They are the worst shooting team by like twenty by like twelve percent in the NBA. They're like averaging like twenty eight percent from three, and that's god awful. That's like historically bad. Oh, by 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 oh by all means, yeah. All of their top three shooters from last year, and they were a bad three-point shooting team. Don't even get me wrong. They're gone. They're all gone. Oh, man. It's it's, it's frustrating, you know, to watch. And I'm not even a Laker fan. It's just a pain to watch. But uh, let's 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 go let's go like uh some of the high let's highlight some teams around the league that besides the Lake Show, because obviously about, how about, much of a shit show that is, they, they get a lot of attention. How about the undefeated Portland Trailblazers? Dame, Dame is back. Yeah. Dame Dame is back. And that is really great to say, honestly, you know, because a lot of people were really worried about, you know, if he could come back to that. I mean, he is now over 30. They did just give him a Supermax extension before last season when he missed the whole year with the abdomen injury or whatever that was. And yeah, he's looks pretty damn sharp right out the gates. Yeah. A couple 40 pieces already. At uh, 4-0, as you said, man. They like they got that new roster is working wonders. Wait, wait until Shane Sharp really starts to develop as well. He's looking already promising. Uh Anthony Simons getting a little bit oh, larger of a role too. Anthony Simons is so good, man. He's amazing. Uh, and I love the addition of getting Jeremy Grant there. I was, I was just gonna say uh, Jeremy Grant was Perfect, a perfect fit. A, a good friend of Lillard, too. So, I mean, that's how you want make your star happy and improve the team. So, yeah, we all – I mean, listen, I'm not going to 
sit here and be like, those were good. Obviously, it was still a shitty trade for the the Blazers and CJ McCollum last year. They could have obviously gotten more for him. But the other moves that they've made, I mean, they're 4-0. So, I mean, obviously, it's, it remains to be seen if they can keep that going. But it's looking good so far. Yeah, and again, 4-0. Can't ask for much more than that, especially after what happened last season with Portland. I didn't think Portland was going to be a bad team this year. I didn't think they were going to be pick, picking, like, seventh. But, like, you know, what I'm seeing out of Portland right now, good start to the year. Keep it going. Um, Talking about the Lakers already. The the Knicks and Sixers have been – it's it's been a, a middling road so far for Philadelphia. <laughs> Yeah, the Sixers right now. You guys are playing the Raptors. We're playing, we're playing the Raptors right now. Uh, last time I saw it was halftime. Uh, yeah, we were third, down ten. Third quarter just started. You guys are down nine. Down before, nine. Okay, yeah, I, I see it in the uh, the app. But uh, yeah, no. So I mean, let's talk a little bit about their their struggles so far. I mean, I think it's a coaching issue. I mean, Harden I, looks great. You can't even Harden looks amazing so far he, this year. Can't even complain about the way James Harden's looked. That was my big uh, concern going into the season was James Harden. But I told you this off air uh, not too long ago. I said there are two coaches that can be full-time NBA coaches if they decide to move on from Doc Rivers. And I think Doc Rivers' time is running short in the city of Philadelphia. But the two names – what was that? As it should. Oh, yeah. And the two names that I had in mind were Sam Cassell and Dave Yeager, both Sixers um, assistant coaches. Yeager, of course, known for coaching the Sacramento Kings and Memphis Grizzlies. Sam Cassell, his name, it feels like, is just due for a head coaching opportunity somewhere in this league. I know he was interviewed by Utah uh, last offseason. Either of them would be fine. I know Cassell is a shoot-first coach, but Dave Yeager also has that experience. Yeah, I think this more or less what you guys clearly are lacking is just energy on offense. You know, it seems like, yeah, Harden's looking good, but it seems like the team has no idea of what to do outside of giving the ball to Embiid in the post or having Harden, like, ISO and, like, the out of three-point line. I just, like, there's just no creativity. There's no motion. You know, it's just, you know, it seems like that's going to be really easy to take advantage of, and you guys have a lot of personnel on that team where it, it shouldn't be, like, you're struggling like this out of the gates. Yeah, and it's more along the lines of, I I get the Celtics loss. I'm fine with that. Yeah, the Bucks loss frustrating, but even then, I'm kind of okay with that. The Spurs loss should have been unacceptable. That's that's a hot seat. That's a fireable offense. That loss, honestly, you yeah. lose to taking Spurs by 25. Was it at home too, or? Uh, it was in Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh my god! I hope he got booed. But with that said, you know, the Spurs have been a, a sneaky, decent team. I, just, I don't I think Pop is physically incapable of tanking. You know, like he's going to like get his guys to compete no matter what. Spurs are three and one. Yeah. And isn't Utah also similarly like another guy? Yeah. Another team who was projected to be in the Wembenyama sweepstakes tours it's not out of the gates. Just, no yeah. one expected them to be doing this. Yeah, and, you know, we see the highlights of Victor Wembanyama, and you're like, wow, he's going to be really good for some tanking team. And we were looking at the tanking teams. We're like, okay, so who are the really bad teams in the league right now? San Antonio, Utah, Indiana, uh, Oklahoma City, Houston. Like, those are the ones. 
all of them are off to somewhat decent starts. <laughs> At least the majority of them are. Which begs the question, is LA really going to give the Pelicans one Ben Yamler or Scoot Anderson, possibly? If that happens... First of all, I said at the time that trade was going to backfire. And if it does, I think Polinka should should lose his job. It's arguably going to lose his job before that trade. Yeah. If that happens, though, it just becomes it, yeah one of it. Just becomes a bad trade. Well, actually, what do you what what do you say? Where do you sit on this trade as it's stuck? What the Anthony Davis trade? And, you know, obviously, Ingram, Lonzo, all those guys that went to New Orleans in the picks. A couple of years, it's been three years, right now? Three years in, where do you rank that trade? What do you say? Winners and losers. The trade happened on Father's Day 2019, the Anthony Davis trade. And the entire trade was summed up as, I've won, but at what cost? You won a championship. Congratulations. That's good. That was that was a well earned championship. I don't care what anybody says about the bubble. That was an earned championship. I agree. But the thing is, you're giving so many first round picks, and a Brandon Ingram, who's been arguably the number two guy in the Pelicans behind Zion, and Zion's look great to start this year, by the way. Oh yeah. You're giving him up for Anthony Davis, a guy who can't really stay healthy which was his concern coming out of new orleans and somebody who's not really meshing with the roster anymore if you lose the opportunity to get Wembenyama, who the lake show really needs they need youth and you give it to new orleans terrible 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 luck it, it's just cra- it'd be crazy to see something like that happen because you know at the time yeah, everyone saw Ingram's superstar potential. But everyone was like, oh, Lonzo. Lonzo's not going to be a big deal. Lonzo's not even there in New Orleans anymore. And yet they still clearly have won that trade. You know, and they probably made the right decision letting Lonzo go, too, considering Lonzo might not even play this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I, I've seen the stories with Lonzo. And I've, I'm concerned about that. But a team that I think could be in the Wembenyama sweepstakes, Charlotte. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And a duo of Lamella Ball and Victor Wembanyama definitely intrigues me. I mean, look at the look at the what's in the cards for them this year already. Lamella's got an early season injury. He's going to be missing time. The Miles Bridges situation is looming over that whole organization. I mean, let's just run it back real quick. Did any team have a worse offseason than the Charlotte Hornets? I don't think so. I'm struggling to think of one. You literally had Miles Bridges before all the stuff with, you know, his domestic violence case and all that. You had him posting him drinking lean on his Instagram story, saying it was pink lemonade as a joke. Then you had, you had, uh, what, Kenny Atkinson they signed? Everyone's like, they oh, had yeah. Kenny Atkinson, and then he backed oh. out. They're like, oh, yeah, we have Kenny Atkinson. We're sitting pretty. He drops out right before the draft. They're forced to run with their freaking hands behind their back to the freaking old coach that failed for them a few years ago. Steve Clifford. Steve Clifford. And then during draft night, 
I feel like they had a couple good players just in their lap that just let go away, right? Like Jalen Duran, didn't they have him? Yeah. Like who's kind of what exactly what they need mm -hmm. for a Lamelo, like a big, like a tall, athletic big. Yeah, and, like and it was, like the paint. And I was at the draft, and we were looking at Charlotte. Like, what are you guys doing? It's just, what are you guys doing? You know, it's just that team. They got some serious question marks, and if you look at that team outside of Lamelo, it's really bad. It's a terrible roster. I mean, and and, and Rozier, it's that's it's it's Lamelo, Rozier, and Plumley. And I believe that, and that's it right now. I mean, PJ Washington's okay. And Rozier might end up getting traded. Exactly. Like, they might be a sneaky blow it all up by the trade deadline team, you might see. Like, all their like, veterans, they might be gone. Plumley. Except Lamelo. Except you keep Lamelo. Of course. I mean, you can't. That guy is a future star. I mean, he is a star. He's a future superstar, though. All right. So that, I think, is enough NBA talk for the time being. Let's go into what we saw during week seven. We're in week seven already. We're almost halfway through the season. That's nuts. We've been, it's been flying by. It really has. So Baltimore did not blow a double-digit lead in the, uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, winning 23-20 over Cleveland. It was close, though. But Cade York, York missed a 61-yarder to give the Ravens the win. The refs screwed them there, though, apparently. I heard. Like, there, was like a, there was like, what was it? What was the flag? It, there was an offensive pass interference to Amari Cooper that was questionable. But there was also a false start on the long snapper? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Making them like, that was like a 55-yarder that, that became a 61-yarder? Yeah, the false star of the long snapper. You can't convince me that that is a real penalty. That's just insane to me. Like, listen, I'm, I'm, happy, real. I'm happy because I, I obviously, I, I, I for nothing but bad things for the Browns, especially after trading for Deshaun Watson. But I just think it's funny because, I mean, if the, if the Ravens blew another double digit lead, that would have just been too great. Oh, we would have clowned on them. We would have absolutely clowned on them, but they they survive our wrath for another Sunday. Um, big win for Baltimore though to get the divisional uh, win. It'll be so funny though if they're if I feel like they're going to be more stressed their fans if they go up double digits against the Buccaneers tomorrow than if they were just to like be like a three score game the whole way through. Am I wrong? Oh my God! Right. With Brady on the other side, too. They'd be like, of course, he's going to figure it out this game. Well, speaking of the Buccaneers, what the hell is going on in Tampa following a 21-3 to loss to the Carolina Panthers? The openly tanking Carolina Panthers. I mean, where do we even begin? They traded Christian McCaffrey for a second, third, fourth, and fifth to San Francisco. You know, while while I bring that up, we might as well talk about the McCaffrey trade, right? Oh, Everything yeah. that went down in terms of that. I think it's a win-win. I think that's great value. But also, San Francisco has McCaffrey through 2025. They have him for a long time. And the hope, the only hope really is there. Because they only have to give up draft capital from this year for the second, third, and fourth this year, and I think a fifth next year. Yeah. So they're only really giving up capital this year, so... Yeah, so when people were saying, oh, my God, it's so much they're giving up. Yeah, 
so much are giving up, but it's only through this year. That's it. If they don't yeah, like anybody in, if they don't like anybody in this year's class, it's not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, Shanahan has been making do with sixth-round picks, fourth-rounders at running back the last few years. He's never had a bona fide superstar at running back. And finally, he has one. By the way, sorry to all you Jeff Wilson and Eli Mitchell owners. I'm sorry. That's tough. And it's just exciting to think about. Like, I mean, obviously... The last his the first debut wasn't pretty because they he wasn't really he was like on a snap count he didn't play a lot McCaffrey and and Kansas City has sort of picked them apart that entire game but I think that that offense with McCaffrey fully integrated is going to be dangerous just imagine him lining up in like the slot as a receiver too because they've been oh, talking about how they want to get yeah. him the ball more I mean they still have their other insane running game and they can use him as a threat or they can just RPO you know it's and you got Debo, and you got Kittle, and you got Ayuk. Yeah, like who's stopping that team? Who's stopping that team? Apparently, the Seattle Seahawks. We'll get to that. Jim- Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, <laughs> all three games that Jimmy that all three of them are going to play together. Um, Tom Brady threw for two hundred ninety yards. It should have been at least over three hundred fifty. Fuck Mike Evans. Easiest oh. touchdown you ever catch. Oh yeah. The how do you drop that? Come on. That might, that might be the biggest, most most that's the Hollywood Brown catch of this year. You know, the one where yeah. it's like, how do you that's like it's like embarrassing that like you can face your teammates after that? How so, do you do that? So one of my friends told me this, and I agree with him. He said that completely changed the momentum of the game. One oh, million percent he's right. A thousand percent. Like I, I wouldn't say a million percent, but I mean that's you can't just say that's not like a freaking kick in the nuts for the for the Buccaneers the whole. I mean, but Brady and the whole team watches Mike Evans drop something like it's the easiest touchdown you're ever gonna catch in your career, and then that starts to make you think about the last few weeks where you couldn't even beat the Steelers who were starting their backup secondary. Somewhere Evan Ingram was smiling at that Mike Evans drop. Somewhere in Jacksonville, Florida. If that was Evan Ingram, he would have somehow volleyball spiked it over his head backwards. It would have been intercepted. (laughs) Uh, The first seven drives for Tampa were all punts, by the way. So, like, you know, even going back to that Steelers game, did they score a touchdown in in the Steelers game? I think they did. I'm going to go back. They're averaging, like, one offensive touchdown a game. On the year, I know that at least. I do like know the Steelers. The Steelers game was a big Ryan suck up. Oh yeah, Brady threw for a touchdown. He threw a touchdown to Fournette. Yeah, it was a big suck fest. I know. So Carolina openly tanking, right? Can we agree? Like they're tanking. I mean, when you trade McCaffrey like like that, but I mean, they traded Robbie Anderson, but DJ Moore. No, that's a foundational piece. Of foundational no. piece. Miss me with that, Carolina. Miss me with that. Yeah, like, give me a break, dude. Just Come trade on. him. Trade him I, feel, I do have a feeling by the time next Tuesday's podcast rolls around that DJ Moore will not be a piece of the Carolina Panthers anymore. Well, who yeah. goes for him? You think Green Bay? Green Bay. I've been saying it for a while off air. Green Bay. It'd be perfect for Rodgers. 
Yeah, but it would not. It I, it would be everyone in the NFL would be pissed. I would be pissed. I mean, oh, oh I know everybody would be upset. I no, understand that. No, Green, you don't understand, Eric. Green Bay is only meant to be in rumors about receivers. They're always supposed to be linked to them, but never actually get them. it's you know it's the whole it's the expression always a bride's may never a bride that's green bay you know and of course i could see them going out and getting really either any receiver that's available but also shout out to carolina uh one other thing about carolina before we move on they have committed to pj walker as quarterback for the rest of the season despite baker mayfield and sam darnold both being healthy i mean Brings Look, a smile, I, I, that brings a smile to your face. I know it. I think that's that's just amazing. Dude, he was in the XFL two years ago, right? And he's beating out a guy who was picked first overall and third overall. Did PJ Walker play for the New York Guardians? He PJ Walker played for the Houston Roughnecks, I want to say. Oh, okay. I was gonna say was, it'd be it'd be hysterical if he outplayed Darnold. And they both were New York quarterbacks at one point. Yeah, it was the Houston Roughnecks. Um, um, he was the oh, XFL passing yards and touchdown leader before the season was cut short due to COVID. He just went in and beat Tom Brady handily. We in this one in one weekend, man, we saw freaking PJ Walker outduel Tom Brady and Taylor Heineke outduel Aaron Rodgers. What a world. Let's go to that game. Why not? Let's talk about the commanders beating the green bay packers 23 to 21 and no fellow too many men co-hosts who are probably listening to this i am going to be happy about this this was great how can you not be happy about this i I I, loved this but i like any sane person has no respect for the for the for the washington for washington but but with that said fuck the packers exactly mm -hmm. It's that's how, that's how it is. That's how it's always been, especially after they took us lightly, Jets. Before we uh, before we came, we came into their home field and whooped their asses all over that, all over that turf. Ugh. I'm so, I'm sorry that Randall Cobb was unavailable, Aaron. Yeah, listen. I mean, we were just talking about trading for DJ Moore. You'll trade for AJ Green and you'll like it. Yeah. Why are you interested <laughs> in AJ Green? That's not going to fix your problems. That's not right. gonna do it. You need a big name wide receiver. Go out. Go get DJ Moore. Go get Brandon Cooks. Go get somebody along those lines. If you want to go young, see if the Jets want to move on from Elijah Moore. But don't be coming out here and saying, "Oh well, I don't have any pass catchers to throw to." You had the opportunity to go get some in free agency and you didn't. Shame on you. Know, it. What's so funny to me is I just thought about this is. Think about how Rodgers must be. I, I bet you that they're not even consulting him on the AJ Green speculation about seeing if they want to trade for him. Because if you think Rodgers after that Thursday night game last year where AJ Green's like controller turned off and he just did not even look for the ball when Kyler oh threw God, him the ball. I remember last, that. Like, you think Rodgers is looking at that and being like, I want him. <laughs> Give me him. He's a receiver I want. He's like complaining about his receivers making more mental mistakes than ever. And they're like, get that guy. St. Louis Battlehawks legend Taylor Heineke threw for more yards than Aaron Rodgers. Threw for two touchdowns just like Aaron Rodgers did. Oh my goodness. This, I'll tell you this. My team was on by. I was very happy. 
to see this. It was a nice little cherry on the cake of my team being on by. Is that a three-game winning losing streak for the Packers or four? It is a three-game losing streak to the Giants, Jets, and Commanders. Problems in Green Bay. There are Oh, you you hate to see it, man. Let's let me play a song for them on the world's smallest violin. It's really right. So with that said, my Minnesota Vikings are now two and a half games up in the NFC North. Could not there be you go. not be happier. We're currently the number two seed in the NFC. And the Eagles being number one, right? Yes. Granted, yes. a weak NFC, and we'll 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 talk about that during one certain game. But still, I can't complain. The problem, Man. though, is the ground game for the Packers. I'm looking at this right now. Combined on the ground, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, 38 yards on the ground. I mean, you ask me, I, I, I mentioned this, I, I touched on this in our group chat earlier, but the Packers are never going to turn this around this year because of their receiving goal, unless they actually make a trade for like A.D.J. Moore or an actual game changer at receiver. They got to just get could. the. They, they could got, by this time next week. Just they could very well. They could, but if they don't, they're just they're overthinking this too much. They have two great running backs that they just need to ride as like to become a run first team. You know, yeah, Rogers won MVP two years in a row, but I honestly think it's ego. Does that's not letting him just? He, like, I feel like he's how I like. I think he actually looked just bought into his like hyperbole about Aaron. Alan Lazard being number number one receiver too much. You know, I think he drank that Kool-Aid because there's no way you could actually think that. But he, he targets these guys like he thinks they actually are. He said that, and we had to believe it. And I couldn't. I'm like, wait, are you seriously trying to tell me Alan Lazard's the number one? Now, granted, Alan Lazard, when he's healthy, doing fantastic. But you need somebody else. Good player, but you can't just – he's not a number one. I mean, like, and that's not a disrespectful thing to say, but there's only a handful of players in the NFL who can truly say are a number one receiver, you know? And so that's all we're saying, you know? I mean, he he's a perfectly capable receiver, but when you're not – you don't have the guy like Adams in front of him, you know, deflecting attention, you know, it's obviously he's limited to what he can do. Yeah, and Adams was, do, was double covered. That's what I'm saying. Like, Every single but, game, like – just throw the cornerbacks to that side and you're set. It's it's like very apparent when Rodgers now that like just with that having that safety valve and Adams did for him the last few years, it allowed him to be as great as he was. But it's also I don't want to like I'm not allowed watch just like come by, back to bite me in the ass in five weeks after the Packers have won five straight. But like it's I think it's really affected his game in a in a negative way because. I think that having Adams meant that he could just target him and just, you know, be comfortable with that. But then in the Niners playoff game in, like, January, you know, Adams was, like, double-covered, and even, and like, MVS and Lazard were, like, wide open at times, and he just looked off them. He just doesn't look at guys that are wide open. He gets focused in on one read. The other the other thing about the Packers is not only did they lose uh, Devontae Adams, they also lost Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I think that's yeah. having a bigger impact than people think too. He was a real. He was a big deep threat for them, and I mean, Christian Watson was hope hopefully going to be that for them, but in, injuries have been nagging him so far at the start of his young career. And, the, and first pass of the season for the Packers, he had a wide open drop too. Yeah, that too. Dak Prescott oh. is back. 
Oh, oh, really? Oh, I, I, I barely noticed watching it, but no, yeah, yeah, no, he's back. Yeah, Dak Prescott is back. Um, this this answered our quarterback controversy debate that that uh was lingering for several weeks, uh, as the Dallas Cowboys defeated the Detroit Lions twenty four to six. Big Zeke day, two tutties, CD Lamb seventy yards, and Dak Prescott thrown for two hundred and seven in the win against Detroit. The Lions offense that was once high-powered is no more. They have been stuck in just this one gear that they cannot get out of. I believe that's two straight games with six points. I mean, the the Jared offense has fallen off the cliff ever since Trish and I started getting my ringing endorsement how golf has turned it around. So I have to, I feel like you know, it's my responsibility in a way. It's your to fault. call out Jared Goff for his shit play the last few weeks. Be better. Do better. Listen, I will say this. If Detroit finishes with the worst record in football, I think there's a serious argument that, and I know this is not going to be popular if everybody was here, I think there's a serious argument if that Dan Campbell would have to go. Yeah, no, listen. That's something that very much that I need to consider. He is, okay, listen. Dan Campbell has done good things for this team. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Especially coming after Matt Patricia. Especially but, especially the culture shock that's happened with him yeah. as the coach. But here's the thing. You just need the culture change. As long as the culture is positive, you are like the results on the field aren't enough, okay? You can't like you're 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 not you're not hired. You're not hired to be the motivational speaker, okay? For the Detroit Lions, you were hired to be a football coach. Okay, they can hire any freaking average Joe off the street to give a kick-ass speech, you know, on hard knocks, you know, for the team, get them all riled up. But no, your job is for the X's and O's, you know. Besides just motivating people, and he's not really shown a lot of capability in that regards, you know. He's the offense was winning. humming the first few weeks, but you got you have to win games at a certain point. He's not There's winning. This- yeah, like that's the thing. You can put up however many points you want. You have to start winning these games, and these are winnable games here. They could have beaten Dallas. Dallas has looked off the past couple couple weeks. I know they've been winning, but they've not looked the same. And especially coming out of the gate, like Detroit had the lead at at the point, and then they just collapsed down the stretch. Yeah, I'll tell you, that Detroit is. In the same position now, I would say that I had my Lickenberg a few weeks back. Well, definitely, yeah, like this is like week four. Whenever the Jets played the Steelers, going into that, I was telling you and Trish how this was a, a like a, a red flag, a yellow flag. And you know, if Salah lost that game, you know, and the team was continuing to struggle, you know, that would have been a red flag because or yellow flag, you know, because freaking at that point, all like yeah, he was saying the right thing, Salah, but the results just would not were not there. And, and now, and now you can shut the hell up because how many games have they lost since you did that rant? Exactly, you know, like it, and I've not only that, but also the thing I was directly calling them out for the defense is the number one thing that's been changed in that in that time since then. We've gone from the worst defense in the league last year to being one of the top ones this year, you know, so. My money has been put to, well, you know, like as far as I'm concerned, he's proved like, you know, I can shut the, I can shut up kindly, you know, I'm going to like just let him do what he's doing. Oh, but yeah. Motor City Dan, we're out. We're watching. I, think, I, you think, know? I mean, we all were rooting for you. I think his, his time is uh, coming up short, sadly. Definitely. Um, Any other hot seat coaches that we can transition into from that? 
I have my own opinion on who I think could be on the hot seat. I don't know if it's this year or in the off season, but I have that's my own. I'll get to that game when we uh we get to it. I guess yeah. Uh, Bengals defeat the Bal- uh, Bengals defeat the Falcons thirty five to seventeen behind a four hundred eighty yard performance from Joe Burrow. Back to back games now where Burrow has looked like an absolute beast. Yeah, man, he's ever after game one of the season where he threw four interceptions, he's heated up. Oh, 16, yeah. 16 touchdowns to one pick in that time. You know, it's it's just you know he's he's playing great, man. And I mean that team is on is on like is on the is on a roll right now. Yeah, I was and, gonna say, just the Bengals as a whole have been really looking good. I mean, the the one thing I want to say that does stick out to me is not so much about the Bengals because. I mean, it was just a dominating performance on their part, but it's kind of alarming the fact that they still they were down multiple scores from like the beginning of that game, and they still not let Mariota pass. Still, yeah, and like, I, how I don't you gonna, know with Atlanta? I I how, don't know how to read that. How are you gonna develop though? Like, why would you draft a receiver number ten overall and Kyle Pitts number four overall last year if you don't tend to throw these? young weapons the ball and try and develop them. You know, how are they going to develop if they're just blocking every play? It's not going to work. It's it's saying. not going to work. I have Drake London in our Too Many Men League, and Drake London got me 1.9 points on my bench. One reception, and nine yards. It's frustrating because everyone, everyone knows. Everyone knows how talented those two players in specific in, – and like specific, like specifically are for Atlanta, and like it's frustrating to see them not get the ball scheme to them. And it's like, do you not trust Mariota enough? And if that's the case, why are you rolling with him still? Like, you know, you're losing games. Still, go with when when do you when do you when do you throw Ritter in and just now, let him? Granted, pro- we say all this this bad shit about Atlanta. They're tied for first in the NFC South. That's an ugly tide for first. You know, it's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's like that, but how long could that last? You know, it's just, it's a shitty division. It's like the NFC East two years back, man. Like, it's like the AFC South every year. <laughs> exactly. It's the king of trash. You try, trying to fight to be the king of trash, man. Mountain, have at it, you know, but like, speaking, no one's going to really be afraid to play you guys at home. Speaking of the AFC South, let's get to the two AFC South games from the one o'clock slate. The Giants defeating the Jaguars 23 to 17. Oh boy, this team is different. You're damn right it's different. Hey. Hey. You're damn yeah. right the New York Giants are different. Hey, I, I, I thought I, I thought you come I thought you were coming in here talking about the freaking Jacksonville Jaguars all of a sudden. I was like, man, yeah, they're different. The fact that they've like completely fallen off after two the first two weeks of the season. But yeah, I just, I just who, 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 wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. who else wait, is in before, this call right now? Who else is it's on? John. It's, it's just John. It's, it's just John oh. and and me. But I do want to point something out for all for all the listeners. I have my screen on NFL.com, so the Zoom recordings in the background. So when Tony said you're damn right, it's different. That legitimately scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, I bet it did because I didn't hear a reaction to me joining the call. 
So I, I had a feeling I snuck in under the radar a little bit. You did. You did. You did. You did sneak in under the radar. I'm dry, I got out of work early. I'm driving home from work right now. Hey, so well, well, welcome. Well hey, Trish welcome. said Trish said he was he was thinking about coming on, but he was he he couldn't make it. Yeah, he's got some stuff going on with his fiance right now. Uh, she's sick, so uh, he's taking care of that at the moment. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Uh yeah, so we're on we're on Giants Jaguars game and it's the perfect time. Yeah. Well, listen. Um you know, Daniel Jones threw for like 170 yards in the first half of that game, or 165 or something. And then the you know, the defense of the Jacksonville Jaguars completely took away the pass. Completely took it away in the second half. And this is where you would see other Giants teams get into trouble in previous years. They would keep trying to force the pass because it was so successful in the first half. Instead, Daniel Jones threw one time in the second half. He ran for, I think I think it was like 70 yards in the second half, and it was just him and Saquon tearing it up with their legs. Daniel Vick. It was just the halftime adjustment by the coaching staff and the offense was something that, as a Giants fan, I'm not used to in the past couple of years, and it was really good to say. A competent offense is something that is just yeah. new. A competent coaching theory. staff that recognizes, hey, they changed. Let's change too. And not just and try to hammer what worked in the first half. That's what I was that's what I was getting to with the whole this team is different. Nothing about the team is really different besides the coaching staff. That's no, and it's making a world that's of difference. Different. The coaching staff is is different and the culture and just overall yeah. vibe of the team is different. Yeah, the vibe, yeah. You got to give credit to Daniel Jones, man. He's, I feel like five weeks straight now, we've been able to confidently say that he's played his best game yet as a pro. He, and he's the top QBR quarterback over the last four weeks. He's the ninth ranked quarterback in fantasy this year. It's just, it's, it's amazing to see, you know, like Brian Davis you know has done he, wonders for your coaching staff. I mean, you for know your what team he needs? He, he needs a wide receiver one. You want, we were talking about DJ Moore to Green Bay earlier, John. What do you would you guys want a DJ Moore? I'd be okay with a DJ Moore. He's got contract control and everything. But I'm just talking a la, you know, how Josh Allen got Stephon Diggs. And yeah. it just further accelerated his development. Our number one wide receiver, the Giants number one wide receiver on Sunday was David Sills, I believe. David Sills the fourth. Unless you unless Wandale. Unless Wandale yeah. is No, it wasn't. It wasn't Wandale. Like Based pure, purely off depth chart, it was either Marcus Johnson or David Sills. Marcus Johnson, who, however, had the most snaps out of any wide receiver in his career, out of any wide receiver on the core last week, and it was only like ninety something snaps. I think I think you can cut the Marcus Johnson experiment. I I saw some bad drops during the Sunday game. One significantly bad drop that caused Daniel Jones to get fiery. Yeah. And they asked Daniel Jones about that after the game. And he said, you know, I'm not proud about how I reacted on that. Basically screaming in the face of his wide receiver. So, Tony, while while you're here, do you want to talk about any of the other 1 o'clock games? Because we are just wrapping up the 1 o'clock slate. No, I think I'm fine. I, I, I got my Giants piece. So. Okay. Well, Matty Ice is hitting the Matty Ice cold bench after a 19-10 to 10 loss to the Tennessee Titans. Sam Ellinger time. Oh boy, Tony! Tony, a known lover of Texas football. Sam, yeah, coming in. Yeah, I mean, this is classic 
Frank Reich trying to save his job. John, you were talking about quarter yeah. uh, head coaches earlier that might be on their way out. Yeah, this was one I was getting to. Like, this was supposed to be different with Matt Ryan coming in. And, I mean, you could make the argument, like, neither of them were great, but you made the argument last year it was better with Carson Wentz, and the year before that it was better with Phillip Rivers. The Matt Ryan experiment is not work. It's just not. And Frank Reich, I think, you know, it's not doing him any favors, you know, like four different quarterbacks the last four years. Like, we hear it a lot. We hear it a lot with Daniel Jones, like, changing head coaches every year. It's not great when you change quarterbacks every year. It's, it's as simple ro- as that. It's a rotating carousel, and they can't be going on these one-year veterans year after year after year. It I think Frank doesn't. Reich is a decent coach if the team is there, but it's not. It's just not. The defense hasn't been great for Indy. Like, they took a step back, and I know it was a Shaquille Leonard's been out, like, a good chunk of the season, but – yeah. Gilmore's been good. Gilmore's been yeah, good. yeah. But you know that they haven't been able to establish the running game. A lot of that's because their passing has been so inept. I, I just Frank Reich, and we said at the beginning of last year, is Frank Reich trying to get himself fired here? It's the same thing twice in a row. But there's not going to be any second half Jonathan Taylor like there was last year to save his job. It's just not going to happen. I keep forgetting the Avionic and Gakway. Keep forgetting that they have Gregory Russo as well, right? Is that what he is? Okay, then they have Quiddy Pay. Yeah, they yeah. Have Quiddy Pay. Yeah, yeah. Th- those two I confuse. And they have DeForest Buckner. Yeah, you know, like the so- defense is built to succeed. It's just they're on the field too damn much, and, and a tired. lot of the time it's a short field. They get tired easily. I mean, it's the ups and downs of this cold season, man. Are already are just exa- are exhausting to me as a neutral fan. So I can imagine what it must be like for the fans of the team itself. I mean, having Matt Ryan go from week before where we drew for like 350 yards and like what was it four touchdowns like a Colts record or something like that 89 yards four touchdowns to on the bench in about 10 days granted granted I will give you the fact he does not have a true wide receiver one Michael Pittman is good but I don't think he's that um and we did see signs of this in Atlanta of a possible decline in Matt Ryan's production but we all just kind of pinned it on well it's Atlanta you know, Arthur Smith, the head coach there, we didn't have a lot of faith in him. and He's a run-first coach. Yeah, and, you know, well, Cordero had that, like, big second half of the year. You know, we pinned it a lot on, well, the team is not what Matt Ryan needs to succeed. And but we to, see it now. Credit to Atlanta for selling while the iron was hot there and getting two third-round picks for them, for uh, Matty Ice, for five yeah. six games. Yeah, no, that was a good move. That was a good move. Right, I got to hop off for, like, five minutes, but I'll be right back on, all right? All right, sounds good. We'll we'll just right, so we'll talk I'll, I'll join in probably before right before picks. So okay, sounds good. All right, All right. I'll be back. Sounds good, bud. Never fear, everybody. Tony is coming back in a little bit. Um, but yeah, Indy. I don't know, man. I guys, I said Matt Ryan is. I I I don't know. I is he cooked? I think he's kind of cooked. He's on the I bench. Mean- I mean, well, he apparently got hurt in that game. Apparently, he separated his shoulder or something. It's a shoulder so, sprain for Matt Ryan. Or Yeah, he sprained his shoulder, and so but yeah, that's like, supposedly the reason he's being benched. But honestly, you know, well, I, I think... Well, Frank Reich said this was going to be done regardless. Ah. Uh, you see, like, I don't know. I feel like... Yeah, he's obviously struggled this year, but I feel like some of the... 
I definitely think Matt Ryan could have succeeded with this team if the circumstances were a little different. I I know that obviously, you know, you can't expect your quarterback to have a perfect situation, right? But I think there is a situation like if if Matt Ryan was in a team where there weren't as many holes on offense, like on the offensive line, you know, they're missing a left tackle. You know, they got issues. Quentin Nelson was a little bit rusty to begin the year, you know, and just in general, you know, Taylor's been out. They've been having some issues, you know, with injuries on that. Like Alec Pierce was out a few weeks. You know, they they don't really truly have weapons like he's been used to having in his career. I just I just can't get over the fact that this team threw Carson Wentz under the bus against Jacksonville. And then they're like, okay, let's go get another quarterback. And then they got Matt Ryan and everybody thought the issues were going to be solved. I was like, I was skeptical. Still I am. The funny thing for me though, is the fact that they traded, you know, they traded for Wentz and they had to get Philly there first. Right. Uh, because Wentz played more than enough oh, snaps. Oh, by the way, how, now how does Howie Roseman look after doing that move? Oh my God, what a what a move trading for Robert Quinn. Yeah, he trades for Robert Quinn today for a fourth round pick and has the Bears essentially eat most of the money. This is why I'm saying Howie Roseman is one of, if not the best general manager in football. It's savvy moves like this: trading for AJ Brown, trading for Robert Quinn, getting a first for Carson Wentz, getting the Saints first last year in the draft. Savvy moves like this make me love Howie Roseman. It's like crazy the turnaround that his reputation's had in just a few short years. I mean, the Justin Jefferson pick, I mean, the Jalen Rager pick had a lot of ill will for him. And then the Jalen Hurts pick as well. And the Jalen Hurts make a white side one too. Oh, that's bad. That, that one probably worse. That's because yeah. they had they could have taken Metcalf instead. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, it could, been, it could be Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, and DK Metcalf in Philadelphia. But no, definitely quite the turnaround for that team, and they like are the class of the NFC as of right now. You ask me. I know they were on by this week, so we didn't really get to talk about them too much. I'm not going to go too much about the Texans Raiders game. Josh Jacobs is a beast, and it was a much needed win for the Raiders at home. Yeah. Just they're running. They're gonna let Jacobs cook because he's on a contract year, and they've realized that when their red zone offense doesn't work, just give it to him, and you'll probably get better results than whatever the hell they were doing before. So, do they bring him back? No, they did not extend his fifth year option. They did not. I know. Take I, know it. I know they didn't. Uh, I'm saying at the end of the year, you think they? You think they try and resign him? I mean, he's making a good case for it, man. I uh, mean, this is his year. I think I I think he's a good player, man. I just truly I think that he just was never really given enough opportunity in the past with Gruden's offenses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Raiders are two and four. Uh still struggling. Texans one four and one. I keep forgetting they, they tied. Keep forgetting they tied Who, Indy. Who's their one win? Jacksonville. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember now. Seahawks being the Chargers 37 to 23. The Geno Smith era still rolls on. Okay. I, I, I every every week we keep having this conversation, but like, what the fuck? How is this happening still? So I have Geno Smith in the big league, the or as Tom calls it, the punter head coach league. I yes. have Geno Smith and I just traded for Kyler Murray. I traded with Jake for Kyler. Because I, I don't think this is sustainable. I, I mean don't it's see it. 
It's crazy though. I mean, like, how many he's weeks has it been? Sig- he's performing significantly better than Russ. And better than he ever has ever performed in his career, you know, like it's you know, he had that one perfect game as a jet against the Dolphins. His last game. Right. His last game as a jet. But after that, like, you know, he has just hovered around the league until like this year and that like little stretch, I guess, where he was back the last year when Russ was hurt. But he's taken this job and he's run with it. You know, we look at his stats and how many touchdowns do you have in the year? I believe he only has one interception. You know, Smith. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about the Chargers a little bit, though, because uh, JC Jackson, uh, their broken, big free agent signing. Geno Smith this year has 11 touchdowns and three interceptions, thrown for 1,700 yards, a 73.5 completion percentage, and a rating of 107.7. Yeah, Geno's been playing great this year. You know, so there's your there's your Geno stats, but yes, the Chargers lose JC Jackson for the year. Just another injury that that team does not need. And I mean, he wasn't playing great to begin with, but you know that's to be seen. Whether that's you know it's a case of you know him having injuries at the beginning of the season and having less from that, or you know if he was just another yet yet another guy who left the Patriot system just to do nothing after that. But now it's just, you know, it's just unfortunate because now he has just a huge road up ahead, uphill climb, hill to climb, you know, coming back from an injury like that. That, what is he fractured his kneecap, his patella tendon or something? And I believe towards patella tendon, too. It's, it's a tough, tough injury, man. Uh, I don't, I'm not really too familiar with anyone in the NFL who has had that, but in, in the NBA, Andre Robertson from the Dunder oh a few years God. ago had that, and that's the injury that ruined his career, basically. So very tough for him to recover from that. Very much so. You know, prayers up for that guy. Uh, yeah, the absolutely. Chargers, Chargers, though, in in general, man. Outside of that, they have a lot of issues. I mean, on a lot of fronts. I mean, I mean, Mike Williams also injured. Now he's going to be missing a whole month, I believe. Four Terrible weeks. ankle sprain. Four weeks. And they were already missing Keenan Allen for most of the season so far. So it's going to be a tough road for the Chargers, and they're four and three. They're not out of it yet. But, you know, still, if you don't make the playoffs, Staley might have to go. He's got, he's definitely has, you know, given some calls, shown some cause for some uh, concern among the Chargers faithful, you know, I'm sure, and, because and of he's conservative the second, play calling. And he's the second best coach in the division. And that's saying something. That's speaking volumes. All uh, right, John. So what game? What game we got next? You got my guys, my boys. Sixteen to nine. In a game, you, know, you want to that talk happened. about? You want to talk about? I've won, but at what cost? The Jets yeah. won, but it cost them everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not. I'm still not out on the season. I'll be, I've I've had a few. Days to grieve now. There is no, you can't be out of the season. You can't. I said before, I was like, you need to just show steps forward for it to be a positive season. And you very clearly are. I said seven and 10. You should take that all day. You're five and two heading into week eight. And listen, I still, I'm I'm still, I just might be bold as far as what I'm hearing you say. I still think that playoffs are a possibility now that we have James Robinson. Because the thing is, yes. Because Brees obviously 
It's a blow. It's a blow. That's not the biggest blow. The biggest blow is Elijah Vera Tucker. That yeah, because we didn't know Elijah Vera Tucker was gonna be out for the year either until yeah. like a day later, and it was just a gut punch after a gut punch. Because the thing with him is, it's not even like you're losing one great offensive lineman. You're basically with him. You're losing an all pro at three positions because he could play three out of the five positions on the offensive line um, at an all pro level. He really can't. So, like, if there's injuries, he could fill in. He's played left tackle. He could play right tackle. He's played left guard. He's played right guard. The only thing he's not lined up at is center yet. And that was just because we never had to. You know, we've had McGovern this whole time. But now we have. You lost Vera Tucker for the year and you lost Beckton. That's two, your two anchors of the offensive line for the year, as well as your top running back. And I feel, man. So, listen, that's not even painting the full picture of the story, too. George Fant, the other guy who was supposed to be our starting left tackle of the year, is still out for injury. Dwayne Brown, the guy we signed as a backup for Beckton, now finally back. You know, he's a left tackle. So now we are uh, right tackles, I believe, a question mark. I don't know who will be starting at that next week because as of right now, I believe Fant is still out. Max Mitchell, our fourth round right tackle, uh, still out, I believe, with injury. So yeah, we do have question marks on the line, but. I think I feel more than competent, confident in like our other positions on the line. I still believe in Dwayne Brown, uh, Lincoln Tomlinson, Connor McGovern, Nate Herbig is a good guard. We just need someone to step up at right tackle. And if the run game can keep it going and our defense keeps playing the way it does, I think playoffs are a possibility. You know, I'm not saying I'm not saying we're gonna ups- be a contender, we're not gonna be in the Super Bowl, but I think 10 wins, 11 wins with our schedule coming up. We're going to definitely lose the Bills twice. We pro- we might lose the Patriots, you know, because I'm never going to discount Bill. But we have Pat up ahead of us. I think you can't deny that, right? You do. You absolutely do, especially when you're going in, for, like I said, 5-2. and two. You know, you got the momentum on your side. Granted, Zach Wilson didn't look great against the Broncos, but he was he did enough. He did enough to get the win. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. What I said does have a pretty big stipulation that Zach Wilson does, he's got to play better. I mean, at a certain point. Questionable passes, questionable on Sunday. Say the least, man. I mean, he's got to just be better with the decision making. You know, he's got to be. I mean, uh, there's a crazy stat coming around, coming out from Pro Football Focus yesterday that. He's actually at the top. He's a he's the number four quarterback in the league if, as far as quarterback rating goes. When he's in a clean pocket, he is the worst quarterback out of all out of thirty four possible starting quarterbacks, uh, in the NFL in, when he's under pressure. So when he's under pressure, that's the running theme. He's just atrocious. He doesn't know what he's doing. He makes terrible decisions. He's throwing the ball away, and that's not sustainable. You know, eventually. And as soon as this Sunday, I, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm I'm confident, you know, they're going to challenge him. They're going to make him make decisions. They're going to force him to have to win games. And, you know, it's going to he's got to show why he was a number two pick. And again, there's got to be development forward. That's the yeah. number one thing. Development forward. Because yeah. if we make it to the if we make it to the playoffs or if we just, you know, we win a few more games along the line, but we miss. And it's just clearly because he's not developing then I don't know if this is a hot take. It might be a hot take. Oh, here we go. But, uh, but listen, if your team, the whole team is showing that they clearly are ready to like take off like that, can you really? I mean, I guess you go into him 
next season as the starter. But you have to have a backup plan in case, right? Like a competent backup, because you can't draft another rookie, you know, and pan in the key for this offense. You can't try and re- po- like project another guy. You need what? either a proven Wait, veteran. Are, are, are you are you telling me you don't trust Joe Flacco as the backup? I I I I'd sooner trust a more a actual statue of like a backup quarterback than Joe Flacco but, out there. But as the real statue would be more mobile. The statue isn't elite though. Listen, if it's if the statue of Nick Foles outside of Lincoln, outside of the link, then yes, it is elite. Actually, the fact that he has a statue outside of that that arena or the stadium just boggles my mind. But, no, but I, I get I get what you're saying though, because I this is what I've been saying for Minnesota too is like you need a backup, you need somebody, you know, that could be reliable. You know, you can't have just immobile quarterbacks out there. By the way, what happened to Mike White? Are you still Mike White? He's 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 hanging around somewhere, I think. Oh yeah, you know he's okay. on our team. Hey, oh, Mike, he's on the team. Hey, Mike, you still there? Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I I think the Mike White train kind of died on the vine after uh, what was his name? Streffler out oh, completely outplayed him in yeah. prison. Yeah. I, I miss him honestly. I wish he. I would have rather have had him start those first That's two games of the year over than Flacco, honestly. <laughs> Anyway, Jets are five and two. Boatload of momentum on their side heading into a date with Bill Belichick at MetLife. This, yeah, this quick thing is about the Broncos. Let's give them a little bit of shine. Offense, offense was predictably not great with the backup quarterback. Although honestly, it somehow looked a little bit better than the offense with Russ. If that dare I say it, but uh, that defense. Is unbelievable. They gotta get. They need some help, man. That defense is one of the best units in the NFL. And Tony, they're just Tony dying welcome, out here. Tony, welcome back. You want to say anything to John about the Jets? What about the Broncos too? You guys need a quarterback, man. <laughs> yeah, listen. I was saying, if you guys had a quarterback, it'd be fucking nuts. <laughs> listen, I'm. I was just saying that, man. If unless he plays better, man, this is kind of a Sanchez situation again. Like your defense is good enough to get by, win you a couple games, but dude, and I, I want to specifically call out that fumble. Oh yeah, and, I know. John, I you know what? Fumble, who the fuck uses the ball to keep themselves up? That's what he tried to do. Listen, I'm not gonna try and justify that shit. I was losing it the entire time because my dad. I'm I'm sitting. I'm at a restaurant, right, eating with my family because it's my brother's birthday, like dinner, right. And can, my dad, can, my dad has the audacity to say to me, he's like such a freaking homer. He's like, that's not a fumble. See, he was trying to throw it away. I'm like, dad, it literally fell out of his hand. I, yeah, he's when I first saw it, I thought the same it. thing. I, I could just picture. I thought it wasn't a fumble. I thought it was just an interception. I could when just I first picture, saw it. I could picture John at like I don't know a Ruby Tuesdays just going batshit over the game. It's not a fumble. That fumble. fumble. I'm like not a fumble. I'm like I'm I'm like losing my mind that this guy is making plays like that, and the fact that we still won that game is a testament to how good that defense is. Our, our or how bad the Broncos' offense is. It's a it's a two way street with that. Also, one. also, congrats, John. Enjoy your free James Robinson for the rest of the year. Honestly, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Man. This is what I said at the time. You gave up a six round pick. You mean what are the chances, right? There's such a trend, though, and this is mostly college's fault because every college game, it doesn't matter. The quarterback could always make some stupid play, 
and extend the play forever. Justin Fields does it. Zach Wilson does it. Kenny Pickett was doing it. They all hold the damn ball. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Just take the, the just, I say just take the sack or let throw the ball away. Throw the ball away. Yes. Yes. It's so easy. It's so easy. And yeah, like, listen, I would rather him try and extend some plays rather than like. Not every play. Flacco was, this is you the thing. It's you, they're picking and choosing, right? Because Flacco would just not take and try to extend any play. He would just immediately get sacked because he was just a statue out there. But but Zach just doesn't. He, he leaves, abandons it too much, too early. I'm trying. I'm trying to know? think of a young first or second round quarterback that I haven't seen do it in recent memory, and I really can't think of one. They all have such bad habits just coming out of college now. With that, that's why. Yeah, that's because you get away with that shit. Burrow, Burrow is getting sacked a bunch. <laughs> I mean, is, I, there really is not. I, that wasn't completely on him, though. I I'm know, to, I know, it wasn't. All these quarterbacks. Now you're right. All I'm, I, I'm pretty sure almost all these quarterbacks, even the ones that are lighting it up, like the last few years, like Herbert, Mahomes, Burrow, they all take a shit ton of sacks, man. That's because that's the way they play. They they're used to it because that's the teams they had around them in college. You know, they're just like, okay, we can get bailed out. All right, I'm gonna be right back again. I'm staying in the call though. Okay, no Tony, before you go, um. How is Tom reacting to the James Robinson news of him going to the Jets? He's he's a James Robinson stan, always has been. Yes, I know that. But I mean, he's a fan of it because he's he, Travis at the end tore it up on Sunday. Yeah. So just somewhere where he's getting snaps, I think, because he's he's a fan of. Yeah. All right, I'll be right back. All right. Chiefs beating the Niners forty-four to twenty-three in Christian McCaffrey's debut. With the red and gold, I mean, Patrick Mahomes came in and just decided it was his time and it was his day. The Chiefs had all of their top guys going. It was a great day for them and a big, big win considering what happened last week against Buffalo. Yeah, well, I think this is just, well, I guess, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really want to say a statement game, but I just, I'm truly like confident in Kansas City now that if they can do this against the Niners, then they can do this when it matters in the playoffs, you know, I mean, 423 yards, three touchdowns for Mahomes, two receivers, Juju and MBS, each over a hundred yards with, I think touchdown each. And, uh, and, and what was it? Uh, and Nicole Hardman with three touchdowns himself. Oh, um, Hardman, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like they just, they dominated that game, man. And I mean, well, I know they were all over this game from the word. I know. I know the 49ers are dealing with a fair amount of injuries right now. Don't get me wrong, but I just was not expecting that result. I mean, no, I wasn't either. And Kansas City is back to that juggernaut team. You know, everybody expected them to be. Yeah, I mean, for the first, the last few months were kind of nice, you know, after Tyreek was traded and everyone like kind of just imagined, no, oh, maybe the, maybe it won't be so open and shut, you know, that they're going to come out of the AFC. I mean, I mean, Buffalo still exists, so it's not exactly open and shut, but they're still the class. The big that better that better be the AFC Championship game. I mean, it's honestly, it's probably going to be the real Super Bowl this year. I mean, it's gonna this as far as ratings are concerned and what the viewers are concerned with. Yeah, and again, those two should be the favorites. A team that we thought at one time was the favorites was the Miami Dolphins. Defeating the Pittsburgh Steelers 16-10 to on Sunday Night Football. 
me and John are going to be honest. We didn't watch much of this game. House of the Dragon was on. This was a game that you didn't need to watch most of it. I mean, I mean, from like from what I heard, it's just Kenny Pickett just pick your own picks. He's like, oh there, oh boy, there I go with your own picks again. Kenny pick it. Kenny pick it. Yeah. I mean, Tua. I did see he did a stupid move, like freaking rushing with his head down, trying to go for concussion number three on the year. The hat trick. I mean, okay. If you, you, you want to, if you want uh, technically, match- John, that's concussion number two. Yeah, oh, the first one, the second one was a back injury. The first one was a back injury. The first right? one was a back injury. Also, two of the only quarterback I've seen that did not follow the hold the ball too long trend. That man wants to get it out every opportunity possible. Yeah, I was gonna say because even Herbert holds the ball on too long too. Yeah, Mahomes. Tua. Oh, well, two is smart now because he actually. His take in a, had probably the most serious injury of any of those people, I think, with the broken hip, you know, so he knows the yeah. importance of getting the ball out. Uh, Tony, you you probably watched more of this Dolphins Steeler game than John or I did. I watched the whole thing. I watched the whole thing. Yeah. Yes. We, we we dipped early for House of the Dragon, but how how did it go? What's the story of the game? Yeah. Big story uh, Kenny Pickett throwing interceptions. Kenny Pickett, it came down to. The Dolphins gave them every opportunity to win that game. And I actually missed out on a bet because the Dolphins didn't score one more point. Um, they passed up a field goal in the third quarter for a fourth and one chance. But the, the Dolphins gave them every chance to win this game. And, you know, Kenny Pickett had his opportunities. Specifically, he they got the ball very favorable field position. Had 30 yards to go to take the lead, and they didn't do it. Um, you know, he's a rookie. I get that. I, this game said more about the Dolphins. Like the first drive for Tua looked great, and then clearly the late game rust and him not playing in a while set in. But you got to be patient with Kenny Pickett. He threw a lot of interceptions, but that's going to happen as he goes through his reads. And, you know, I, I know some Steelers fans who are already ready to be on the, uh, you know, the CJ Stroud, the Bryce Young train, and I'm like, just just hold off a little bit. Seen two weeks after a handful of games of Kenny. Three Pickett. weeks, three weeks ago, he was the savior. Like, let's relax, let's pump the brakes. And, mean, and it's also not definitely Matt Canada's awful play calling either. It's a, it's, it's a ton of that too. I know that. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I thought so. Like, they like these young quarterbacks. Too many times they get scapegoated for like the incompetence of the coordinators around them. You know, yeah. they like give them I a mean, chance to succeed. Daniel Jones, Jason Garrett, like. Yeah. All right, I'm hopping off for the last time. I'm just getting home. I'm gonna eat dinner. You guys have my picks, right? We're good to go with that. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we have. Know. We do have your uh your picks. Tom said your picks are awful, despite you and you and he having very similar picks. Yeah, that's no surprise. Tom's an idiot. All right. All right. Well, I will talk to you guys later. I will see you. Ooh, you want a feature cred on this? I'm gonna give myself one probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there you go. You got a feature cred. All right. Well, I will see you gentlemen later. All right. Later, Tom. Bears defeating the Patriots 33-14. What the hell happened here? Well, what happened was for about 15 minutes, Bailey Zaff made the internet lose its shit. And then, you know, everything went back to its its rightful order of things. 
and somehow the Bears scored over 30 points and pull out the Patriots in Foxborough? Okay, I don't know what's going on with yeah. the NFL this year. And I wanted to talk to you specifically about this, John, because I remember you very vividly saying, I am not picking the Bears for the rest of the season. <laughs> they just went to Foxborough and beat the shit out of Bill Belichick and the boys. Okay. So now, now, now we're in a point of no return because this is truly, I did not account for this. Now they're over the win total. <laughs> no kid, really? You didn't see this one coming, huh? <laughs> so no, listen, the entire NFL is in freaking, it's all, it's all, everything I had before the season start, we could tear it to shred. The Jets are five and two. The Bears have won more than two games. They're tied with no, the Packers. Just <laughs> so funny to me. Oh, but dude, that's what a game. That was. I mean, I, I. Where do you even begin with that? That was a domination by the Chicago Bears. You know, that was Justin Fields' it, best game. Yep. I mean, let's go from the beginning, right? Because you know, Mac Jones enters, began the game as the starter, right? The lead is three, three and outs. Uh, you know, the Bears scored on their first two drives. They're up ten nothing. Belichick makes a a somewhat controversial decision now. You know, although fans were booing Mac. Fans were straight up booing Mac and calling for Zappy at the time. Let's just be let's be clear about that. They were. So they they put Zappy in, and right off the bat, he leads a touchdown drive. You know, like what was it? Like he you know throws a deep shot to Devontae Park. He hits the, uh, Jacoby Myers in the end zone. You know, he leads another touchdown drive in the next play, and everyone's like, "What's going on here? Is this another Brady situation? Is like this is happening again with the Patriots?" And I think I really think that people were genuinely convinced on this for like a solid 15 minutes that they thought this was happening again. And then the second half was just like a nice cold bucket of water being dumped on like the Patriots fans and NFL Twitter's basically collective, you know, head. You know, just all of them being like, No, the Patriots suck this year, guys. Sorry. This is not the year. They they played the Lions and the Browns the last two weeks, guys. Did you like forget? <laughs> uh, and yeah, the Patriots going into to a game against the Jets and the Bears are three and four and somehow tied for second in the NFC North because this season is just weird. It's just weird. Yeah. So obviously, what I what I what I will say, I'll get more into this when we go to do picks. Not gonna. Sl- I don't think you can sleep on the Patriots because their defense does have some good names on there. But I think the re- like the recipe to beating them is you know like it's like the swarming defense and you know we and the Jets have that personnel to do that. So yeah, and, and the Jets have the favorite for defensive rookie of the year right now in Sauce Gardner too. So yeah, I, I mean, listen. Hopefully, we get our first win against the Patriots in. I think five years tomorrow, so that'd be great. You know, or, that, I mean, that would make that would make you feel good. I, I mean, that's all I want, man. I want, I mean, I obviously more than thrilled with the season, but if we can just beat the Patriots once, and then like, I'm not saying I want us to lose every game. I might have knock on wood real quick so I don't put that energy out there, but I wouldn't mind if we lost every game after that. I could, I could be, I could die happy. Let's get to week eight in the uh, in the NFL as Trish's picks come in just with the buzzer beater at the buzzer. Trish. Wow. I yeah. mean, literally, it, it absolutely was not because I texted them two minutes ago saying, quote, still need picks. 
Um, Thursday night on Prime Video, the four and three Baltimore Ravens going to Tampa to take on the three and four Buccaneers. Trish has the Ravens. Tony has the Ravens. Tom has the Bucks. Zach has the Ravens. I am taking the Bird team. I'm going with Baltimore on the road. They've just looked better, and the Bucks have been struggling. John, are you going with the Bird team? Yep, I will join you in taking the Bird team for this. Tom Brady's really not looked right, and I think the the Ravens are going to keep another double digit lead this time. October thirtieth, Sunday, nine thirty a.m. on Wembley Stadium in London. The two and five Broncos traveling to London to take on the two and five Jacksonville Jaguars. Every single person is taking the Jaguars, as am I. John, are you joining in the Jaguars as well? As I, sh- I well, of course, I'm taking the home team. <laughs> <laughs> the London Jags, bro. Nice job. Well, well done. One o'clock on Fox, the two and five Carolina Panthers traveling to Atlanta to take on the three and four Atlanta Falcons. Trish is taking the Panthers. Tony is taking the Falcons. Tom is taking the Falcons and Zach is taking the Panthers. I'm actually going to take the Falcons at home, which a win and a Tampa loss would put them in first in the NFC South. Uh, John, are you taking Atlanta and or Carolina? I'm going with you and the bird team this time. The, they're going to prove that the Panthers are who we thought they were and that the Buccaneers just let them off the hook. That made me laugh. I know. I had to say the line. <laughs> All right, John, let's let's hold you to your word. One, one o'clock on Fox, the three and four Chicago Bears traveling to AT&T Stadium to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Trish is taking the Cowboys, as is uh, Tony, Tom, and Zach, I am also taking the Cowboys at home. John, I assume you are the same. Yep. Listen, I might have said it last time that they were never going to win, but this time they really aren't going to win another game. One o'clock on Fox, the Dolphins traveling to Detroit to take on the Lions. Trish is taking the Lions. Zach is taking the Dolphins. Tom is taking the Dolphins. Tony is taking the Dolphins. Yeah, I'm taking Miami here. Detroit is, they can't seem to. What? What? <sighs> I I I I, I, I this is moments like this where I I always wish we have the person who made that pick like Trish Trish may pick the Lions I want to know what's going through his head as he picks the Lions why what is doing that the last two I don't understand why anything other than looking how they played the last two weeks other than thinking oh they must be due because they've lost two in a row like they're the Lions it's not like out of the ordinary they're not going to be going back to the mean which is winning all of a sudden another game where I have to question. Trish one o'clock on Fox the three or uh, the three and four Arizona Cardinals traveling to US Bank Stadium to take on the five and one NFC North leading Minnesota Vikings Trish taking the Cardinals everybody else taking the Vikings I will join them I will also join them again why listen I think the Cardinals will make a run not this week in a game that I don't think any of us expected to be Two and four versus two and five in the Superdome in New Orleans on CBS. The Raiders taking on the Saints. Trish is taking the Raiders. Tony is taking the Raiders. Tom is taking the Raiders. Zach is taking the Saints. I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to take the Saints at home. Uh, I think with Andy Dalton starting, you know, the Saints have looked a little bit better uh, under center, you know, and Dalton's been looking rather solid. So I will take the Saints here. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely a reasonable pick. I mean, they've been outside of the two pick sixes, which definitely inflated the score for Arizona a little bit. They've been scoring the, mm -hmm. the ball in spades the last few weeks. So it's going to be the question of if the Raiders can, you know, put a lid on that a little bit. But I, I'm not going to join you with the Saints. I do think the Raiders will get the edge on them this one. I, I think that running game with Jacobs is really just and, and listen, that's unstoppable not a, right now. That That's not a pick I'm going to argue with uh, at all. You know, I completely understand it uh, because, again, the whole thing with the the Raiders is the running game, Devontae Adams. This is a good team. It's just there's been some bad coaching decisions along the way, too. Yep. And if they can overcome that, you know, down the stretch, you know, make a run. I mean, their schedule is getting into a real easy part of it. So they could make a run, get into that wild card picture if they, if they uh, you know, play up to their talent. For sure. One o'clock on CBS, a game that John is uber nervous about the three excited more. Patriots traveling to my life to take on the five and two jets you said you're excited i'm actually excited man i was a little bit nervous right. i mean i'm it's it's gonna be i'm gonna be nervous before the game when it happens but it's more like you know anxious nerves you know but i think like oh my god our guys are gonna be motivated man give me the jets for, by, okay because one of one of your fellow brethren picked the patriots was it it wasn't zach was it it was not zach Okay, good. Zach's the Zach's the ingredient <laughs> for this. They have not lost since he joined them. It was, since it he was, joined me. It was not Zach. Okay. Do you want to take another guess. It was Tony. It was Tony. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's a fair bet. Listen, if I was a smart man, I mean, the bet the betting man would take Belichick hoodie man over the Jets. If I was a smart man, I would take the Patriots, but I'm not, so I'm taking the Jets. I I am but I am but a dumb homer, so I will take the Jets. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, I'm taking the Jets as well. Um, one o'clock on CBS. Oh my God, this is going to be a bloodbath. This two and five Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Philadelphia to take on the six and zero Philadelphia Eagles. Rightfully so, everybody is taking the Eagles. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to assume, John, but at the same time, like you're picking the Eagles here, right? Please. Yeah. Listen, I I most I always ride with the bird team unless there's a reason to not. And, Listen, the Saints are playing the bird gauntlet. And then they but they lost the bird gauntlet. I know, I know they, they blew lost it on Thursday night. They blew it. I mean, if they can finish over five hundred on the year, I'll I'll give them some props, but they need to like they need to like win the next two. 405 on CBS, another AFC South battle as the Titans taking on the Texans. Uh, Trish is taking the Titans. I believe Zach is taking the Titans. I was going to say, I believe everybody else is taking the Titans. Yes, they are. I'm taking the Titans Yes, at home. And right after, or Titans on the road, just after their new stadium got uh, unveiled, uh, the renderings. Oh, I didn't get to look at those yet. I got to look that up. Oh, it's $2.1 billion. Jeez, really? Yeah. That's... It's great. It looks gorgeous. John, are you going Tennessee? Uh, yes. Yeah, there's no, there's no reason to trust. There's no reason to trust uh, Houston. 4, 425 on Fox in what would have been the Carson Wentz revenge game. The three and four commanders travel to Indianapolis to take on Sam Ellinger's Indianapolis Colts. Trish is taking the Colts. Zach is taking the Colts. Tom is taking the commanders. And Tony is taking... He sent me the the word, but he's taking the commanders. I am also taking the commanders at home. 
or on the road. Uh, John, are you going Commanders or Colts? Hmm, that's a tough one. It's a battle of the backups, you know. We got here Erlinger versus Heineke. But... By the way, shout out, shout out to DraftKings for giving the line in favor of the Colts when Matt Ryan was ruled out. <laughs> it got oh, more in favor of Indy. That's actually nuts. But I'm I'm riding with the man who has been through some true quarterback battles with some veterans before the ilk of Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, give me Heineke and the yes. Washington Commanders. Yes. Love it. 425 on Fox, America's Game of the Week. The 3-4 and four San Francisco 49ers head up to SoFi Stadium to take on the Los Angeles Rams. Trish is taking the Rams. Zach is taking the Niners. Tom is taking the Niners. Tony's taking the Niners, as is Eric. I'm also taking the 49ers. Yeah, that's going to be a home game for the Niners in yeah. all but in all but location. So and the Niners, yeah. the Niners have a good record against the uh, the Rams too under Sean McVay. Yeah, I mean, one could even say that they've been like the they're like Big Brother the last few years, man. They're just like constantly clowning on them. You know, I mean, except for that, they they finally got one over on them in the NFC Championship game, which, I mean, I guess you could say that's the one that matters the most. But yeah. other than that, though, I, I mean... Just remember, I'm just remembering Week 18 last year. That was... Oh, I mean, that was that was for the... Like, a, that was for a playoff spot for the 49ers, too. If they lost that, they would have been out. Correct. 425 on Fox. The 6-1 and one New York Giants are traveling to Lumen Field to take on the 4-3 and three Seattle Seahawks. Two of the real feel-good stories so far of the year. Uh, everybody is taking the Giants, as am I. Uh, John, are you going bird team? No, I'm taking the Giants here. Yeah. I think that I uh, yeah, am, right? I think that, I don't know. I feel like eventually this Geno is going to come back down to earth. And this might be this week. Eventually, you think? <laughs> Sunday night football on NBC, the three and four Green Bay Packers traveling to Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park to take on the Bills. Uh, Trish is taking the Bills, as is Zach, Tom, and Tony. I am taking the Bills as well. It's going to feel good to see Josh Allen hopefully defeat Aaron Rodgers. John, are you taking Buffalo? Yeah, I'm going to take the Bills, but, you know, if the Packers just want to do the Jets a nice favor, you know, get one over on Buffalo for us while we be the Patriots so we can get the number one seed, that'd be just dandy. Ooh, Halloween night. The orange and black teams play each other on ESPN as the 4-3 Bengals travel to Cleveland to take on their AFC North foes, the Cleveland Browns. Trish is, nightmares. Taking, Trish is taking the Bengals. Everybody else is taking the Bengals. I will join them in taking the Bengals. Ooh, Joe Burrow stat line. Stat line has been spooky. 400 yards in two straight weeks. Ooh, John, are you in agreement? Yeah, the only thing that's spooky to me is just the idea of taking the Browns Bengals by a thousand. Actually, I don't think that's the line. I don't think it's it's a thousand. Let's see the sp- the, the, the spooky skeleton stat line. <laughs> spooky spread. The spooky spread. Ooh, the bagels are favorited by only three and a half. <laughs> well, by 10. I will count. I would do it. The, the, the Bills are favorited by 11 against the Packers, by the way. Oh, my God. That's, that's got to be. 
That'd be a record for Rodgers, though. Yeah, Rodgers has never been a double-digit underdog, but the Giants are still underdogs against the Seahawks. I mean, they are on the road. I understand they are 6-1, and one, but... When will they learn? When will they learn? Anyway, that is going to do it for this episode of Too Few Men. Uh, Shout-out to Tony for coming in and making it a trio. Uh, every episode of the Too Many Men Sports Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we hope to be back on a more regular recording schedule. Uh, hopefully we, we can do one later in the week when the World Series is going on. Uh, and we will have our spreads as well. But we will see you hopefully later in the week for another episode of Too Many Men. Bye, everybody.